The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. The podcast today presented by MyBookie. My friends at MyBookie are offering up something for football season that I want you to listen to carefully. If you're a first-time player, MyBookie will double your first deposit dollar for dollar if you use my promo code, KevinDC. All right, deposit 500 bucks and they'll put another $500 into your account if you use my promo code Kevin DC. That's for first time players. It's winning season returning to my bookie at mybookie.ag. Time to get in on the action. With an historic 18 week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable and you won't find a better place to play than my bookie. I know you're thinking about betting this season, so do the smart thing. Sign up with my bookie, use my promo code. Kevin DC to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using my promo code Kevin DC and making your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Tommy's here. I'm here. And it is opening night in the preseason for the Washington football team. It's game day, game night. Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, Belichick, Brady, Gronk, and the Washington football team. Well, it's not Brady and Gronk anymore, but it's Cam Newton. It is Mac Jones. It is Belichick. He's still there. And it's the Patriots and the Washington football team. By the way, the Washington football team in a preseason opener for the final time. This time next year, they will have their new name. The anticipation, Tommy. Um, the hype for this one, I, I can't contain myself. You know... Don't don't ridicule it. I told I gave you a glimpse the other day when we did the podcast. The more I consume training camp stories, and the more distance. I mean, I haven't been in there at all. You know, usually I'll make a couple of visits. You know, to come up with some kind of in-person assessment. So I'm I'm not there at all. So I'm relying on the stuff that's coming out of training camp. It's hard. Not to be a little pumped up if you're a Washington football fan, I think. Tommy, Tommy, there's no, absolutely nothing wrong for being pumped up for this Washington football team. And for those that want to spend the energy to get pumped up about the game tonight, have at it. But the game tonight is not the game a month from now against the Chargers. This is an effing preseason game in the NFL. It is not exciting. It's not something to get all ginned up over and invite all the friends over and get after some cocktails and some food. This is not roll out the, you know, the appetizer tray for the big one tonight against the Patriots. This is a preseason game. I, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, I know. I, I'm I know. just going to tell and, you that since the radio show this morning, I was just reading through some social media stuff. I had to make a run out in the car, and I'm listening to various things. I think everybody in our business is doing their best to um, 
to, to seem genuinely excited. I can't imagine, quite honestly, no matter how excited you are for the upcoming season, that you could be like really fired up for the game tonight. It's it's actually, it speaks to something that's a little bit off. This is not the real thing tonight. You can be interested, you can watch, you can be intrigued, but fired up for a preseason game? Come think, on, that's, I, I, that's look, fake. I, that's fake fired up. Total I, fake. I, I understand. I've always said that preseason football, professional wrestling, is more honest than preseason football. Okay, I understand what 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 a con job it is. But if you break it down into small pieces, this will be for most fans their first look at Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, throwing passes in a Washington football uniform, and their first look at Taylor Heineke since they saw the Taylor Heineke. That almost made history against the Tampa Bay Bucks in the playoffs last year. So just on the court, those two guys and seeing them, I understand why fans would say, "Wow, I can't wait for tonight." Uh, I I can't honestly come up with any reason that I would ever say before a preseason NFL game beyond age twelve that I was excited and I couldn't wait to see it. Look, you can be intrigued, you can be interested in in a lot of different things, and watching it, I'm not criticizing anybody that's watching it. I'm not criticizing anybody that's attentive to it. Um, I'm just saying that I think anybody that says that they are so pumped up for a preseason game is really exaggerating, if not being disingenuous. Look, there used to be a time, Tommy, there used to be a time. Let me give you a reason to be excited for a preseason game. Remember way back when, a lot of people won't remember this, remember way back when, when they had this waiting list for season tickets and it was really, really hard to go to a regular season game and a lot of people that never had a chance to go to a regular season game would get to go to preseason games because... Why? Well, season ticket holders, who always had to pay for those preseason games, said, I don't want to go to a preseason game. I got better things to do. But people that didn't go to regular season games and didn't have the access, they would be like, oh, my friend who's got season tickets just gave me three tickets for tonight's Washington-New England preseason game. Uh, And then that... If, you, if, if that was your only chance to go to a game and see one live in person, I could see being super excited about that. I cannot anymore. You know, what? you're 100% right. Because if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out there and throws three interceptions tonight, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, but well, 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 that's, a different, that's a different thing. I agree with right. you. I agree with you. It won't mean anything. But as you okay. and I both know, if we want tomorrow to be a big day of listening after a preseason <laughs> game, then something super dramatic has to happen, which is very rare for a preseason game. Typically, the dramatic thing is an injury, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, like a serious injury. The other dramatic thing that could happen in this circumstance is that Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out and on three drives is two for six for four yards with two interceptions, and then Taylor Heineke comes in and goes 11 for 13 for two touchdowns, no picks. If you want to light the phones up for tomorrow, have that happen. And by the way, I would be the first to say, doesn't mean a GD thing. Doesn't mean anything and will not cost Ryan Fitzpatrick a shred of trust among coaches between now and the opener. It may, I mean, the coaches wouldn't be happy with it and they'd probably look at it going, what was Ryan thinking here? All right, well, we didn't game plan for the game and he didn't have Curtis Samuel out there. We're going to be all right by the time we get to the opener, aren't we? They're not going to change their mind on the starter. But I just, look, the net of it is 
there's some things, and I'm going to go through a list of things that I'm looking for tonight that I'm interested in um, and that I hope to see, but I personally believe that any longtime adult football fan, to say that you are fired up, hyped, excited for a preseason game, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. What did you you reminded me of something. Tell everybody yeah. what else is on television tonight. Well, what else is on TV, I think, is, is something very cool for baseball in August. Baseball is going to put on the Field of Dreams game at the Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa. This is really cool. I, I did know about this, and I totally forgot to bring it up on the radio show. I'm glad you're here to remind me. What time does that start? I think it starts at 7 o'clock. Okay, good. So I can watch the first half hour of that and then turn it over um, to the very hyped Washington-New England preseason opener. Yes, you can. And there's a lot of speculation because Kevin Costner has been involved in a lot of the pre-interviews promoting this event. Yeah. That he may come out and throw out the first pitch. Wow. You know what? This is actually really cool. What's the field? What's it going to look like? Is it going to look like the field from the movie? Well, I think they've got some bleachers erected. But I think, as I understand it, the players are going to come in from a cornfield. Oh, my God. The, the, the White Sox and the Yankees. You know what? That is something. Now, you know what? I am not hyped and fired up. Uh, but I'm more interested in seeing that, you know, I'm glad we can watch the beginning of this and get a feel for what it is and then flip it over for the big one in Foxborough. Uh, Yeah. Is is this on Fox? What's it on tonight? Do you know? I don't know what it's on. Yeah, that's it's on Fox. It's on Fox tonight. So it's Joe Buck. Okay, uh, now I just read somewhere it's scheduled to start at 8 o'clock. It says 7.15 right now on Fox. What time? 7.15 on Fox, which means it'll be a 7 o'clock start to the broadcast, 7.15 first pitch, more likely than not. Did you, uh, were you a big uh, Field of Dreams guy? Did you like the movie? Uh, I liked liked the movie. I thought it was a good movie. I I, I definitely am a a much bigger fan of The Natural. Um, I think The Natural was a great baseball movie. It was. One of my favorites. Yeah. You know, it's remarkable. There were, like, in the 80s, a bunch of baseball movies. Sure. But com- I mean, comedies. within, like, four years, Field of Dreams, uh, Bull Durham, uh, Major League, and Eight Men Out all came out. Right. Like, within a, ma- a two-year period. Uh, so there were a lot of baseball What's your favorite baseball 80s. movie? What's your favorite baseball movie of all time? Uh, it's got to be Bull Durham. The Natural is a close second. Uh, I loved Bull Durham. I loved The Natural. Um, I really think that Moneyball was an excellent movie. An excellent movie. And whenever it's on, and for whatever reason, it's been on a lot recently, I always am watching it. Why are you hesitating on that? Well, because I don't like like Moneyball because I know somebody who's personally shown in the movie, the manager for Oakwood, Art Howe. Yeah. And they really played did by him Philip a disservice. Seymour, uh, played yeah. by Phillips, uh, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, they really did him a disservice in the movie. They made him look like a boob, and he wasn't a boob. Okay, I didn't and, know that. And uh, I know I knew him personally, you know, so uh, it's just kind of like, so I'm kind of down on the movie. You know what? There was an HBO movie that you never see anymore. And it was called about minor league baseball, and it was called Long Gone, and it was starring William Patterson, William Peterson, uh, and uh, the uh, Victoria Madsen was in it too. I think she, she's really great. good uh, movie. Yeah, huh? I like her a lot. Yeah, um, I like her brother even more. I mean, he's tremendous, Michael Madsen, but. Uh, Long Gone is one of my favorite baseball movies, but it's never on anywhere. 
I don't think I've, I've ever seen um, that movie. Um, but she was great in the um, in the wine movie. Um, oh God, uh, Sideways. Sideways, <laughs> which is All, uh, which is Kimana. just such a yeah. great movie. Um, yeah. That's another oh, one. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you: Feel the dreams. That's Vir- uh, that's Virginia Madsen. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm Virginia sorry. Madsen. I'm thinking of Virginia Madsen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, say that again. Uh, Field of Dreams, the uh, catch scene at the end. How did it affect you? Affect me like emotionally? Did I weep? I just uh, it wouldn't be in my top five of all time baseball movies. Like I'm coming, like I'm looking at a list right now that I just pulled up of the all-time best baseball movies, because I want to see where most people have Field of Dreams. First of all, on one list that I'm looking at, Moneyball's one, Bull Durham's two. And the Natural's way down the list. Um, By the way, Glenn Close is in The Natural as well, um, long long before her stalker days. Um, And I'm looking at all the different baseball movies, and the truth is I haven't seen a lot of them. Like, I've seen... do you, do you know what's number three on this list? Bad News Bears, which I probably saw 25 times, the original, because, Tommy, I snuck in to the Jennifer Cinema. Um, it used to have an entrance through a – there was a bank attached to the Jennifer Cinema on Jennifer Street Northwest. It was a longtime movie theater. And in the summer of 76, 77 was Jaws one summer and – um, and Bad News Bears the other summer, and, and my buddies and I from the neighborhood would walk over to Jennifer Cinema, and there was a bank that was literally emptied out below the ticket taker, and we just walked through the bank and walked right into the movie theater like 25 <laughs> times to see Jaws and probably 25 times to see Bad News Bears because I will tell you, as a very young boy, it was hard not to have a crush on Tatum O'Neill in that movie. Yeah, I could see that. And then she turned out not to be... Big, what? Not a big Bad News Bears fan. Not a big fan of The Rookie or The Sandlot. Yeah. A lot of people love those movies. Are we, are, are we getting away from the number one subject of the day way too quickly? Because we're going to come back to it. I have a lot to say about the game tonight, even though I'm not totally hyped. Like so many people were. Actually, somebody... I, I, I wanted... To, my question to you was... What was your question? I'm let sorry. Let me make it clear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you cry at the end of Field of I don't think I... I don't think I... Kevin Costner plays catch with his father. No, I don't think I cried. Really? I don't think I did. Well, I did. I still do. That's didn't. fine. That's fine. Do you know what's been choking me up recently a little bit? What? This new show that I've watched that I haven't told you about because when we did the show on Monday, I had not yet seen episode one yet. I've now completed the entire first season, and I absolutely love it, and that is Ted Lasso. Are you, Everybody loves it. You, you haven't watched it yet, have you? I have not watched it yet. I think you're going to love it. And when I say choked up, there are just some moments that are almost corny, but for whatever reason, this show is really speaking to me. And it's I, the writing is brilliant in this show. The acting is, is good. I mean, Jason Sudeikis is phenomenal um, in this movie uh, already. And what I didn't realize, actually, until I finished the first season the other night, is that the second season isn't even completed. There are only three or four episodes of the second season. So I'm going to be caught up. You know what? It may be a good activity for me tonight when the very important game in Foxborough reaches maybe the, the third quarter. I could go back to Ted Lasso and watch get caught up on the second season. Uh, This show, Tommy, I think you're going to love it. I also think there's a chance, and I was thinking about you, I think there's also a chance you're going to do the thing that you do sometimes where when everybody loves something, you're going to come in with the, "Uh uh-uh, it's just not very good. Um, Let me ask you a question. Which one would you bet on? Which reaction would you bet on? I think there's a... Which would I bet on? I haven't heard 
anybody that's watched this show that has said they don't like it. Honestly, I have not talked to anybody. And when I brought it up on the radio show the other day, I I literally had triple-digit responses from people saying, oh, my God, I can't believe you finally got to it. A lot of people, including Cowboy Clay, and, and Cowboy Clay, I want to give you credit for it, taking credit for saying to me for like a couple of months, you've got to watch this new show. And I do remember people saying, you have to watch this new show. I haven't heard of anybody that doesn't like it. But I do think that you are going to dial in on one aspect of the show that's going to make you say it's good, not great. If that's an option that I can wager on, that's what I would option on. Uh, that's what I would bet on. I, I, okay. I don't think you'll I'll come. Wait and see. It's, it's, it's not easily. It's on Apple TV. It's on Apple TV. Tell yeah. me you can get well, out. I don't have Apple TV. Oh, come on. Get out. I mean, come on. Just get Apple TV. You just stream it. You download it. You watch it on Apple TV. Really? What's what's your what's your password? <laughs> you know what? I might give you my password. <laughs> I'll give you my password to watch it. I don't know if you can do that because right now my password for Apple TV is actually my son's password, and it's in multiple locations being used right now. I'm sure it is. Uh, but that w- w- when you finally get around to it, maybe never, um, because you never got around to a couple of shows, and I've never gotten around to a couple of shows that you've recommended. But um, if you do, my, my, my wager would be you would say, I like it, but it's like, um, you know, the Kate Winslet show, uh, you know, Mayor of Easttown that we watched. Right. It was yeah. an excellent show, but you picked it apart a little bit. You didn't like some of the things you thought, some of the things were completely and utterly unbelievable. Yeah, um, and you're right. So, and I and I liked it a lot. Um, and uh, but you didn't dislike it. No, I didn't dislike it. It was a good I'll, whodunit. I'll certainly watch season two if there's a season two. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be. I I, I thought I read. Well, that there's a lot of momentum for it. There is a lot of momentum, but I think I I thought I read that she's hesitant to do it. And obviously you can't do it without her. Oh, I think you just take any 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 girl from uh, Delco and do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I've got a list of like three or four things that I want to see tonight, that I'm hoping to see that's, tonight. That's, that's a lot of work. For a game that doesn't matter. Well, it's what it is, is is it's a reflection of a medium level of interest, not a high level of delirium or excitement. They're totally different. I have interest, uh, a medium level of interest in the game, and I'm going to tell you why, and I want to get your thoughts as well. What interests you about the game tonight? And we'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every single year before these preseason games, Tommy, what's the cliche number one, well, this is really important tonight? Injuries. Of course. Took you a while there. Um, Are you waking up or are you just getting home? Uh, I um... Well, I don't like it when you give me a test. (laughs) Apparently not. I don't like it. I... uh... I don't want to see anybody get injured that's going to be a part of this team. Now, these games, they could get injured in practice. They could get injured during these games. We understand that. But there's nothing worse than when a real big-time player is, you know, goes down with a devastating injury in a preseason game. I was reminded today, today by one of my callers that two years ago, it, it's actually it's got to be three years ago now. I think it's three years ago Darius Geis was a rookie. Maybe it was two years ago now that I'm thinking about it. Whatever. Um, the uh, Darius Geis went down in that opening preseason game with a torn ACL against New England after he looked pretty good, briefly. It was three years ago. It was three years because ago, right? Two years ago, Darius Geis started, played in the Eagles opener. That's right. Yeah, and Adrian Peterson yeah. was was not available for that game. That was pretty controversial. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, so um, three years ago. So let me go through a quick list here, all right, after the obvious, which is no injuries. I I say the same thing. I'm a broken record year in and year out for eight years running. I want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke throw the football a lot. I want to see 80% plus of the offensive snaps be throws. You don't game plan for these games. They're not game planning to stop you in these games. You don't get anything out of trying to be balanced or trying to you know, keep them off balance with a mix of run and, pa- and pass. The number one thing that uh, you should be thinking about is getting a new quarterback with new receivers into some kind of rhythm you know, develop some kind of chemistry against somebody else other than the team you're facing every day in practice, your own team. A lot of very good teams over the last decade, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, some of the really good teams with good quarterbacks, that's what they do. You can go back and you can find Russell Wilson and Tom Brady games in New England where they threw the ball 25 times and a half. So I want to see 80% of the snaps plus be throws. Take this opportunity against another team that will tackle, that will really cover, that you know you can get matchups. We can see what the receivers look like when there's several new receivers as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick can sling it around and uh, around the, the the stadium tonight. I want to see Taylor Heineke do the same thing. There is absolutely no benefit gained from trying to be balanced or trying to run the football. Now, Jarrett Patterson, as I mentioned the other day on the podcast, will probably get a bunch of carries in the second half. They want to see what he can do. They know what Antonio Gibson can do. They know what J.D. McKissick can do. Um, We don't need to see that. That's number one. All right. I want to see lots of throws. Jay Gruden didn't believe in that. Um, I want to see a ton of throws. Uh, I want to see the punt return game. They've been talking a lot about this DeAndre Carter. They have not had a, a legitimate NFL caliber punt return unit in several years. I think Crowder had a decent year, you know, five or six years ago, but really they haven't had a major league threat from that uh, since that guy Brandon Banks was back there on punt returns. 
DeAndre Carter apparently is a guy that right now has the lead, which, by the way, would also mean that he's going to be the final receiver on the team. He'll be battling it out probably with Steven Sims Jr., who last time we saw him back on punt returns, it was a disaster. Uh, In the preseason, you can, against teams that are not organized from a special team standpoint, because there's not a lot of effort that goes into it, Tommy, because a lot of the guys playing special teams in these games won't be, especially on the coverage units, won't even be on the team when you get to the opener against the Chargers. Uh, Brian Mitchell, the first time he ever touched it, went the distance, and you knew I want to see a returner who catches it very comfortably and then is really decisive. I want to see a legitimate returner, a guy that's confident, a guy that's not just back there concentrating on the catch only and not worried about it. I want to see this guy field the punt, be decisive, show uh, you know a big-time burst, really good vision. I'd like to know that they've got a punt returner. Um, and then I would also mention that you know, it'd be nice if Dustin Hopkins doesn't go two for five with a miss, you know, PAT in the preseason. They did not bring in competition for a guy that was 24th in field goal percentage in the league last year at 79.7%. He missed a key PAT in the Seattle game. There continues to be a ton of trust in a guy that hasn't consistently delivered now over a long period of time. You know, he's kicked on this team now for a long period of time. And he's missed a lot of big kicks, and he's cost them a lot over the years. I've said it before. I know why they like him. The ball explodes off his foot. It gets elevation. Every special teams coach and head coach loves that. His kickoffs have been very effective over the years. We need a good year from Dustin Hopkins. Um, And then the last thing is this. The thing that I loved about the hiring of Ron Rivera – As I always felt from afar that his teams were tough, they were disciplined. He spoke right when he got here about changing the culture. It's been very obvious that the guys that they are keeping on this roster are guys that are totally bought in to the way they coach. And the way they coach is there's a lot of, you know, a a lot of paying attention to the little things and doing things the right way and being consistent and being disciplined and being tough and being smart. You know, there are a lot of similarities in many ways um, between Marty Schottenheimer and Ron Rivera. They're both defensive guys. This is the first defensive coach they've had since Schottenheimer. There's a lot of toughness, a lot of defensive discipline in particular, um, and I think that you can see if that culture, that part of the culture change, if I think you'll see, uh, uh, you know, some sense of that, some semblance of that in these preseason games. You know, Jay Gruden's preseasons were really, you know, he, he was counting down the minutes until it was over. They weren't getting much out of these games, or maybe even out of training camp, you know, as, as a whole. I think Ron Rivera is different from that standpoint, and I think we'll see some of that. I'd be surprised if defensively they, they're not you know, trying to really light people up and trying to really hit and trying to tackle well and trying to be smart and disciplined. Um, so I, I'd like to see some of that as well. I don't want to see a team that's really sloppy from a tackling standpoint, from an offensive execution standpoint, lots of penalties, that kind of thing. So those are the things I'm looking for. It's not a lot. Um, specifically, like in terms of the interest level, in addition to what I mentioned, yeah, I want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick in a Washington you know, uniform. I, I want to see what he looks like. I want to see some you know, idea that he is just picking up where he left off last year in Miami. You know, the last game he played in was that, you know, one of the more exciting regular season games of the year. It was that Saturday night, day after Christmas, against Vegas, where he came off the bench for Tunga Vailoa and led Miami to a crucial win that kept him in the playoff race. He was incredible that night. He, he said to me when he was on the radio show, you know, a month ago or whenever it was, that that was the moment of his career. Um, the reaction to him from his teammates, uh, the throw that he had with his helmet being twisted off his head. Yes. 
Um, and so this is the first action for him since that game because the next game he was uh, he was in COVID nineteen protocol and didn't dress for the season finale against Buffalo. Um, so I am you know I'm, I'm excited to see Ryan Fitzpatrick. And to be honest with you, I don't hope for drama one way or the other for the benefit of the show tomorrow. I mean, if it, if it is, I hope it's that he goes out and he's 11 for 11 with two touchdowns and two drives and puts 14 points on the board. I mean, I don't think it'll mean anything necessarily as it relates to the Chargers game on September 12th, but I'd rather see that than have to deal with tomorrow if he doesn't play well. All of the, all right, Sheehan, have you seen enough? It's time to get Taylor Heineke in there. I don't want that tomorrow. You do, though. You know, what's, what's interesting, though, I remember the first, I think it was the first, or maybe it was the second preseason game of 2012, the RG3 rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't really know at that point what we were going to get with RG3. But I remember Kirk Cousins got a lot of playing time against the Bears in this preseason game. I remember the uh, the uh, Bears uh, uh, color guy, Jim Miller, he used to play quarterback uh, for the Bears, saying, you, you better pay attention to what's happening at the quarterback position in Washington because Kirk Cousins is going to wind up being the starter there. And that was in the second preseason game of 2012. So uh, some interesting things can happen in a preseason game. Now, he didn't wind up starting for several years. No matter how good Kirk Cousins was going to be in preseason, RG3 was going to be the starter. And no matter how good Taylor Heineke is in the preseason, unless he's hurt, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember at all, and as you were saying it, I just pulled up the game. It was 33-31 in a preseason game, and Washington scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to take the lead with Cousins. Um, I don't remember that. I never, ever remember thinking, look, if you, I think you'll remember this. And one of our, what do you got? No, I'm sorry, you heard it here first. The You Heard It Here first segment that we used to do on our show, on our radio show, once a week, when Kirk Cousins was a senior at Michigan State, I said, you heard it here first, Kirk Cousins is going to be the starting quarterback of the Washington Redskins. You know, uh, they're they're going to end up drafting him. And I said that when he was a senior at Michigan State. But I never, ever recall anything in 2012 other than RG3, RG3, RG3. I mean, even though, you know, a lot lot of people, you included, had a major problem with them drafting Kirk Cousins in the fourth round after they had taken, uh, you know, Griffin number two overall. I don't remember anything other than just the excitement over Griffin. And and by the way... This was the only blip. It was Jim Miller doing the color for the Bears Hmm. saying that uh, they're going to have a quarterback issue at some point in Washington, because he was a huge Kirk Cousins fan, and obviously knew Cousins well from playing, you know, at Michigan State, and Jim Miller, be, yeah. Miller being a Chicago guy uh, nearby. But, uh, you know, I, look, we can spend all this time talking about the preseason game, but you mentioned somebody uh, when it came to the, to the punt return game and the kick return game. And you mentioned Brian Mitchell and how he took off, you know, you know, the first time he touched the ball. Yeah. I think about this often because I covered B. Mitch uh, in that one year that I covered the team in 92 was when he first started to emerge as a multi-purpose kind of player. When Gibbs started to use him more yes. as, as a running back in the backfield in 92 than he had previously. That's right. And I'm thinking if if B and B Mitch was a quarterback right. in college and a very smart guy, if B Mitch had come along today, oh my God, I bet you he'd play quarterback. Um, he'd be Taysom Hill, except better. Yeah, it's very it's very possible that in today. Well, let's put it this way. Um, he would certainly be given a lot of packages as a yes. quarterback. 
at the very yeah. least. I know I've said this about Brian in the past, um, but Brian was relied on by a lot of coaches that he played for because he knew a lot more than just his position. You know, he was very, very intelligent as a football player, and he was actually asked by Norv Turner to help Heath Schuler call the plays at times or help Heath Schuler remember what the plays were um, in the huddle. That's how much Norv Turner, you know, relied on on Brian. Um, you know, it, it's true. I mean, Brian would be at the very least used in a lot of those packages. I, yeah. that, that 92 season, you know, Gibbs really got him going that season in the postseason. He had a phenomenal playoff game against Minnesota when they beat the Vikings on their way to Candlestick, which ended up, you know, being the last game that Gibbs coached in that first go around. Um, but he had a fake punt for like a 45 yard run. He was in the backfield. And then in the San Francisco game, he was in the backfield a ton in that game. In fact, was a part of, you know, the infamous fumble uh, on the handoff between him and Mark Rippon as they were driving right. to take the lead in the fourth quarter um, as part of a big time comeback as the defending champions. And, you know, it just, it was a terrible field, muddy as hell. And there there was a gaping hole that Brian would have scored, you know, had he had the handoff gone off uh, correctly. But yeah, um, I, I, sometimes when we, I, I, you know, I, I think sometimes on on Brian as a player, I know I've said this before too. Brian was such a big game performer. Every big game they had, Brian played well in. He always did, and. The DeAndre Carter thing, he's not a rookie. You know, he's been in the league for four years, or this is his fourth year. It might be his third year, um, but he's been in the league. I, I want to see somebody with that level of confidence as a returner. Brian wasn't Devin Hester, you know, in terms of explosiveness. He wasn't, you know, the fastest returner in NFL history, but he was confident. He was decisive. He had great vision. He could catch comfortably from anywhere you know, on any kind of kick. And they haven't had anybody like that, so it'd be nice to get a guy like that yeah. tonight or find out yeah, that they would. have somebody like that. It would. And, you know, uh, going back as, as we take the nostalgia trip here for the first preseason game, <laughs> uh, you mentioned Jarrett, Jarrett Patterson, uh-huh. right? That's his name? Yeah, Jarrett Patterson, Buffalo? yes. Uh, there's a lot of interest in him. Because he, what he did at Buffalo was was amazing. Yep. I mean, didn't he have over 500 yards rushing in one game? Uh, or did, some ridiculous amount. Did Jared Patterson? Uh, no, he didn't have over 500 yards rushing in one game. Okay, it's a, yeah. some absurd amount. Yeah. Okay. I like him. Staff coming look out. it up. Yeah. I'm going to have my staff so, look it up. Okay. I, he's from but, you know uh, he's from here. He played up at, at Pilates. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I remember in 92, there was an undrafted free agent out of William and Mary named Robert Green, a running back. Yeah, you remember I remember him? him? Yep, I do. And the only reason they drafted him was because Gibbs knew him because that's where Gibbs' son played football. He was his teammate at, at William and Mary. Uh, and uh, I remember watching Robert Green in preseason. And thinking, wow! I mean, he was same, built like the same way as Jared Patterson, yeah. short, very compact, you know. And I thought, man, this guy's going to make it in the NFL. This guy, every time he touches the ball, he, he he makes something happen. He was electric, and he lasted one season with Washington uh, as a backup. Didn't see much action. Then he lasted about three or four years with the Bears, uh, but was always a backup. Never got into the games that much. But, again, I thought after watching him in 92 in the preseason, I thought this guy was a can't-miss star. So for all the excitement about Jared Patterson, uh, let's let's keep our perspective here. Well, I was actually going to move towards that subject about, you know, sort of preseason heroes. This franchise has had a ton of them. I'm sure other franchises have had the same. But just to to, uh, to follow up, my research staff um, just handed me this. 
he had 409 yards in a game on 36 carries okay. last November um, against Kent State in a 70 to 41 win. He tied the FBS single game record with eight rushing touchdowns in that game, um, but fell uh, 18 yards short of the all-time FBS single-game rushing mark held by Samaje Pirine, who who set that record with Oklahoma before being drafted by Washington. I think, you know, Patterson has is the easy choice to be the guy that ends up being the preseason hero that nobody wants released, but he'll end up getting cut and being signed back to the practice squad. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, I liked him a lot, you know, at Buffalo, and you can see a lot of the things that um, that I'm sure you know the coaches have seen as well. And he'll get plenty of opportunities. Like tonight, I'd be surprised if Jared Patterson in the second half with Stephen Montez at quarterback, because Kyle Allen's not going to play. I'd be surprised if a guy like Jared Patterson t- tonight doesn't have you know six to eight carries minimum you know, in the second half, and that they'll get him a lot of carries. They don't need to see Gibson. They don't need to see McKissick. Uh, give Jarrett Patterson, I'm sure, a ton of opportunities, unless, Tommy, unless they are absolutely convinced that they want him, but they don't know if he's going to make the final roster, and they don't want to expose him to some sort of eight-carry, 77-yard performance where if they do cut him, he gets picked up immediately. Um, you know, that game's played as well uh, this time of year. But uh, no one will Let ever put be... somebody else out there who I've read about who I'm interested in watching tonight besides Jared Patterson. Uh, and I'm sure you saw him play in college. Roderick McElroy? I didn't see him in college. But, huh? Roderick McElroy? No, Roderick McElroy. <laughs> that's no, that's the, an insight. No, from Penn State, Chaka sure. Tony. Yeah, Shaka Tony has real edge speed. I mean, he was really an edge, explosive, quick twitch pass rusher. And when they drafted him, just because I watched a lot of Penn State games because I've got my youngest son there, right. um, I thought, you know, he could end up making this team. But I've not heard a lot about him so far. Neither have I. But it's only two weeks into camp. And, the, you know, this is right. going to be a tough nut to crack. To, to, to make the team as a defensive end or a defensive tackle because that's where they have their best players and they've got tons of depth with guys like, you know, Ionitis and Settle and et cetera. So, um, yeah. I, but I, coaches I, don't like to get rid of raw, raw talent. No, they don't. This guy's that got that much raw talent. New England, you know, is a real interesting story right now in the preseason. They're one of the more interesting stories going in to the, the to the 2021 season because we've never really seen him in rebuild mode. You know, I don't but they 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 signed a ton of players in free agency. They got a bunch of their players back. Um those players who who opted out last year for COVID-19, but they've got a quarterback battle and we're going to see both of them according to reports, both Cam Newton and Mac Jones tonight. So I think you know the while the league and a lot of people following the league are enamored with Washington's potential um, this year, I think you know a big part of the focus of one of the two NFL games tonight, Pittsburgh plays Philly, and the other one will be on Mac Jones and Cam Newton um, to see you know how that quarterback thing uh, shakes out. So by the way, speaking of Ryan Fitzpatrick and the quarterback thing. Did you read the full-length article in The Athletic, the profile about him? About who? It just came out today. No, I have not read it. About who? Mac Jones? I emailed you a copy of it earlier this morning. I I haven't seen it. Uh, I know you ignore my emails, but you might want to read this one. Okay. Because it's, it's a good profile, and it's hard not to fall in love with this guy, particularly after you read this story. Is it? Okay, I have it now. It's on Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, Nine teams, hundreds I mean, of teammates, and a lifetime of stories. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a next-level leader. I will definitely read this. He may be this. the most beloved player to play in the NFL in the past 10 or 12 years. Everywhere he's been. I know we've heard that before, but uh, to actually hear like players like Brandon Marshall quoted uh, about how important he was to them. I mean... You know, he 
it's a, it's an interesting story. Uh, we find out what a great leader he is, but we don't really find out much about who he is. You know, he does a very good job of disguising who he is personally, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm not criticizing him for that. Uh, I mean, that's a good thing. If you can manage to, to have some level of stardom in this league, and he has some level, not a lot, and and keep your mouth shut enough so people don't really know who you know who you really are, <laughs> that's an accomplishment. This is a man after your own heart. This is you. <laughs> this is you just trying to stay under the radar. You know, Lone Ranger Tommy. Tommy is the ultimate Lone Ranger. He doesn't want to see his bosses, doesn't want to talk to his bosses. He just wants to be left alone, do his job. You know, certainly he wants people to compliment him on what a great job he's doing. Those are the conversations he loves. But he does not like to be told what to do. And he likes to just sort of float around. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm out here, you know, wherever I am, writing a column, doing my job. Um, you, you're, that's, this is a guy after your own heart. Sounds like and like 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 his teammates. My teammates love me. <laughs> well, not everybody, uh, but that's another story for another day. Um, you know, I'm actually reminded of something, uh, and I'll tell you. Uh, try to explain it here um, as quickly as I can. You know, the likability of somebody um, and somebody who's not only likable but responsible and accountable and smart and helpful despite maybe their talent or even their contribution overall, you know, in team sports on the field, as an example, um, can be rewarded. Chase Daniel has had a career in the NFL that's lasted like 11 years and probably five or six teams. And I think he's made literally over $50 million. And he's played in hardly any games. I think he has started like five total games over the course of his career. Andrew Brandt, who was the longtime front office executive in Green Bay, who has been on the podcast, he's been on the radio show, he tweets a lot, he does a lot of work for Villanova, he writes a lot about the business of sports, and he's got a podcast, and he put something together recently called the Sports Business, it may have been the NFL Business Hall of Fame, and he tried to identify players who have just absolutely done incredibly well in terms of making a living, um, you know, with great contracts, but not necessarily great contributions on the field. And when I had him on the radio show and he was explaining this, it may have been the podcast. I said, well, you've got to have Chase Daniel in that. And he said, yeah, Chase is number two on my Hall of Fame list. Chase Daniel's like the perfect example of a guy. And and I'm not comparing him to Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick's played in a lot more games over the course of his career and started in a lot more. But Chase Daniel is like the perfect example of somebody who is so likable, probably very smart, very accountable, very responsible. You can rely on him for every single thing that you want done. And even though he's not great at, you know, football on the field necessarily. You know, just like a guy may not be the biggest revenue generator or the best operator or the best administrator, but there's somebody there who's just so good to be around, so likable to be around, and so reliable. Um, Those people always are accepted. They're always rewarded. Not in every aspect of life. I'm not suggesting that, but Um, And I'm not suggesting that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Chase Daniel are that similar, um, again. But um, anyway, uh, Chase Chase Daniel, I think, has made – I'd have to look this up. But it's a lot of money for very little production. In terms of dollars made for plays played, he's got to have one of the best rates of pay of all time. Anyway, I don't know how we got on this subject. How did we get on this subject? Oh, the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick story that you want me to read. It'd be great. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. Don't you think Alex Smith was a – Alex Smith sort of fits that description too. Everybody that's ever talked about Alex Smith loved being around Alex Smith. Yeah, I know that. But, but Alex Smith had the image of being a buttoned-down guy. Right. 
Yeah, not and so. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has the image of being a this swashbuckler kind of guy. Right. Yeah, and the styles of player opposite too. Yes. Yeah. So. All right, a few. Alex Smith becoming a TV analyst, by the way. I know, I know. With ESPN, um, he had auditions yeah. with Fox and CBS uh, to be a game day um, analyst, but he's going to be a part of the Monday Night Football Countdown um, group. Uh, you know, I think I think Griffin potentially could be more entertaining than Alex Smith. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick may be the, the the future number one analyst on a network. He might be that kind of guy, but then again, you say that this article says he's super buttoned up in terms of getting really uh, in there and, and people really knowing a lot about him, yet they love him. Uh, one of the all-time journeymen, right? Yeah, you'd have to say so. I mean, you know, journeyman is a guy who travels around plying his craft, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you too. Uh, more after these words from a few of our sponsors. All right, a few things to finish up with. Number one is that Dak Prescott's getting an MRI on his right shoulder strain. This is a And how big... do you know that, Kevin? How do you know that? How do I know that? Uh, yeah. It was a lead because story on ESPN.com? The, the team tweeted it out. They did? Is that how the, it happened? The team itself tweeted it out in a bizarre tweet. I... Like I've never seen before from any... Not even Washington football. Oh, my God. I'm reading it like right this. now. I'm reading it right now. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. This is what the Dallas Cowboys Twitter account tweeted out last night at 8.06 p.m. It's a picture of Dak Prescott in a, in a red you know, quarterback jersey during a training camp practice. And, it's, and they write the following. It's not a setback, and it's not a reason to worry but QB Dak Prescott is planning on getting another MRI. Oh, my God. Oh, I've well. never seen a team do that before. I think they could be a mess. I think they got some big problems there with Dak, Dak Prescott. Well, wh- why, why would the team tweet that out if there was a concern about this MRI? First of all, getting an MRI means there is some level of concern. You don't just go get an MRI. MRI. Yeah, you you don't just go get an MRI because hey, it's let's let's put him into that MRI machine um, and see you know the claustrophobia that he had last time. Let's see if he's overcome that. Um, there there's some level of a concern. It may be totally precautionary. I've never seen a team do this either. Never. No. Very bizarre. Really bizarre. Um. Yeah. I, I do think it's really a massive, massive potential story if he's not healthy in the division. Because oh, Dallas yeah. would go from being the favorite to being the pick to finish last immediately if he's not 100% and can't play. Um, Who's their backup now? I mean, they, they don't have an Andy Dalton at the backup. No, uh, it, it's it's Garrett Gilbert. It's Ben DiNucci, the the guy that Washington faced last year. It's Cooper Rush. You know, Dallas has done a poor job. You know, a lot of the time in in backup quarterback uh, situations. They actually last year was probably the best situation they've had. But you know, yeah. but Washington Bostic knocked Dalton out for a few games. Um, so. Uh, that, that's an interesting story to keep, uh, to keep, uh, an eye on. Um, there was a story written by Dan Graziano this morning on ESPN.com. And I just, you know, I, it's interesting timing because we're getting ready for the preseason, but trust me, you know, these preseason games aren't as important to ESPN and CBSSports.com and all these places as these, you know, other topics about the upcoming season itself or even future seasons. You know, you see all these stories. What's the team with the best roster of under 25 players, you know, under you know, under the age of 25. Anyway, he wrote and he projected the quarterbacks for 2022. So like a year from now, who are the quarterbacks on all these teams? And I was thinking about that uh, because, and I'll give you the answer for Washington. Um, He writes that the most likely outcome is a first-round rookie. I totally disagree with that. 
Um, and he writes, the long shot is Deshaun Watson. Um, the most likely outcome in terms of odds for the 2022 starting quarterback right now is Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not a first-round rookie to be the starter next year because – um, you know, more likely than not, is this team going to lose? You know, is this team only going to win three or four or five games and have a chance to draft really high? I would say, even if they had a year that doesn't come anywhere close to living up to expectations, it would be like a seven win season, you know, something like that. Anyway, right. I think Fitzpatrick would be the favorite or Taylor Heineke or, you know, uh, Rodgers or Watson, you know, or somebody from another team. But this is why I wanted to bring it up, because I think there's a list of teams heading into this season that are literally just a quarterback away from being thought of more legitimately, at least by the odds makers, of being a contender. And Washington is one of those teams. We know how much excitement, how much bullishness, optimism there is from a lot of the people in the media, locally, nationally, a lot of the fans. We haven't seen this level of optimism optimism in a long time. We've, we've talked about this already. But the reason that you have to put the brakes on you know, with with Washington, there are a number of reasons you can you know you know slam the brakes on real quickly on a lot of that talk um, that have nothing to do with football uh, players. But the reason you you would do it from a football standpoint is the quarterback. Like if you put an, an obvious top ten to top twelve, thirteen ish quarterback on this team, they would be much higher up in terms of odds wise of winning the division, winning you know the NFC Championship, etc. And there are a couple of teams that fit that bill, and several, a couple of those teams are in the NFC. Like, to me, if San Francisco has their answer, and we don't know if they do or not, at quarterback, they're the favorite. They have a better team overall, or at least a comparable team overall, to Tampa. The Chicago Bears are an excellent football team, except right now, based on what we know, at quarterback, they've got a lot. They've got a lot on defense. They've got a lot everywhere. Washington fits that bill. They've got a lot on defense. They've added a lot offensively. And if they had just a quarterback that was in, you know, in the 12 to 15 range, a Kirk Cousins, as an example, or, you know, let's not use Kirk because he tends to um, really uh, uh, inflame people. Um, Take a uh, a Matt Ryan. You know, if they had a Matt Ryan, they'd be the second or third pick to win the NFC Championship. Easily. Easily. If they had Matt Stafford, they'd be in the same position. So I think it's interesting that there are a couple of teams this year that are really good but have quarterback as a major question mark. I think Denver's in that position again. Again, Denver's in that position. Indy could be in that position, especially if Wentz isn't ready. Uh, I just think it, 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 I'm not necessarily focused in on the quarterback of next year, but it just made me think of, you know, this is the closest they've been because it's always been much more than just the quarterback. Until the last two years or until last year, they didn't have a pass rush since Dexter and Charles Mann. They didn't have, you know, a, a good enough defense at any point over the last 10 to 12 years. The last good defensive team they had before last year was in 2005. But they're, they're on the doorstep here in the next couple of years if they can just find the quarterback answer. Okay. I got something for you. Okay. Uh... I mentioned to you, I read this story in NBC Sports Washington. We haven't talked about the Wizards' total makeover. I nope. mean, the trades that brought them uh, Dinwiddie, uh, Caldwell Pope, Harrell, mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma. We didn't talk about that. I mean, they're a totally different team uh, with Bradley Beal obviously there. And I think it's safe to say this is a Tommy Shepard team now. No matter what happens to them, right. no matter how good they play, Tommy Shepard has assembled a team 
that he wants on the court. Right. Uh, well, according to NBC Sports Washington, uh, point uh, one sports book, uh, as a result of the trade, lowered the Wizards' win total from 36.5 to 34.5. Okay. Which I thought was kind of bizarre. I think They think that this team will do worse than the team that finished the season last year for Washington. Right. Um, what do you think? I think that uh, no Russell Westbrook means that there won't be anywhere near as much action on the Wizards over number. And so without Westbrook being on the team, the perception from betters is that they're not going to be as good. Uh, so they lowered it to a number that, you know, from a total standpoint, will try to even out the action, I guess. You know, I'm not so sure that what they have is a better regular season team than the one that Russell Westbrook was on last year. But I do think that they improved potentially as a team that would be a better postseason team. But you've got to get to the postseason, and 34 and a half wins isn't going to get you to the postseason. Um, where are they on the list um, in the Eastern Conference? The problem with I don't the, know. I didn't look at yeah, that. The problem with the Wizards is the, is the conference they're in. They're just not, you know, they're not going to be in the top eight in terms of win totals. There's just no way. They're going to be in that, and I and and you're saying it was 36 and a half with Russ, is that what you said? Yeah, and now it's 34 and a half. Yeah, so um, you know, I just, I mean, I would imagine that most of the Eastern Conference is ahead of them. You know, Brooklyn's obviously ahead of them. Milwaukee, the NBA champs, are ahead of them. The Sixers, who beat them in the playoffs, are going to be ahead of them. Uh, the Hawks, who made it, you know, deep into the playoffs. The Celtics. Um, the Heat, uh, the Bulls, probably with all of their action, and in, in, yeah. in, in, you know the Knicks. I just gave you eight right there that are definitely going to be ahead of the Wizards. Um, Indiana, they're going to be ahead of the Wizards. I mean, so even at thirty-six and a half, I bet you that there were eight teams minimum that were just ahead, or certainly seven at thirty-six and a half that were ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's it's funny because I don't that that team was going nowhere even if it could win 42 games or 44 games and be a 7 or a 6 seed. They were never going to be a threat in the postseason with that lineup. Yeah. With this one, it's not like they're going to be a threat to win the championship or a threat to, you know, go deep, but I think it's a better playoff team. Still not a good one if they may if they were to make the playoffs. You have Listen, to. Listen, I'm certainly more curious about them now than I was before the trade, especially with a new coach. Yeah, I am too, because I like Dinwiddie. I'm sort of a fan of Dinwiddie and have been a bit of a fan. I'm a big fan of Montrose Harrell, and it looks like they didn't have to get rid of him, at least not yet. Um, I, I, but but God, I mean, don't you know what tonight is? Why are we talking about this? Tonight is the preseason opener. We haven't talked it to death. What else for today? Anything? That's it. we got a big night ahead of us. Yes, we do. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with a recap of tonight's preseason game. Uh, Tommy, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Okay, boss. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.